On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchando. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am delighted, uh, you know, as always to talk to somebody sort of within my own industry that I think really has wisdom to impart upon other industries as well. And man, she is making a name for herself. Her name is Maria Retan. She is the founder and head coach of Jump Team, and she's actually joining us from outside of Minneapolis. Hi, Maria, good to see you, good to have you. Hi, Jenny, so great to be here with you. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's our pleasure, and I just think that what, you, what you're doing for journalists and also just people in general when it comes to reformulating their careers is pretty impressive. So first of all, explain what Jump Team is and, and sort of the, the service that you provide. Right. Well, Jump Team is a coaching service um, that really focuses on journalists who are seeking to get out of the news industry and translate their skills into a corporate nonprofit or agency environment, or they may just want to start their own business. And while I do focus on journalists, really, uh, the things that I share with them apply to almost anyone who's seeking to make a career change. Now, let's go back to your career change. I want to kind of set up the really, I mean, you had major success in the news business, and I think by a lot of accounts, people would look at your career and think, well, why, why would you jump? Because you had <laughs> found such a great career. So take us through that path and that journey of working your way up through the industry. Yes, well, I know a lot of people on the outside looking in may go, what the heck? Um, <laughs> so I spent 15 years in TV news, and like you said, I had clawed my way up to really the top of local <laughs> television news. I had started off out of Jay's school, out of UNC Chapel Hill, and started in mid-sized markets. I was really fortunate that way. Uh, reporting and then producing, which was really my love, and then getting into management. Um, which I really spent half of my career running newsrooms. And my last stop, um, I had moved probably five times, and anybody in the news business knows you you typically have to move to get ahead. You move market to market, <laughs> yes. each market gets larger. And I was in a top 10 market. I was a news director running an entire newsroom, had a team of 88 people reporting up to me. and. Um, I just knew that I needed to get out of news. Even though I had really achieved my goal of being a news director in a major market, it was time for me to do something else. My priorities had changed. I had a, a young child. I wanted another one. And I just didn't see time in my day uh, to be around my, my child, spend time with her, much less have a second. And um, I knew that I needed to, to make a change, and that's what I did. Yeah, news can be all-encompassing, and I think that a lot of people, you know, whether they are watching this on TV or hearing the podcast version, can relate to, like, that thing of you, you, you think that you want one thing, and you work so hard at it, 
and then you get to the place and it's not exactly how you envisioned it or maybe your life has transformed, you know, of course, over 15 years. So can you talk about what that process was like to, okay, like I, I made it, I'm doing the thing I always wanted to do, now I'm gonna stop doing that and do something totally different. Um, what was that process like and, and what was your first sort of step out from being a news director and what did that career look like? Right. So I've been fairly methodical with my career. Um, I knew that I wanted to be a news director and I specifically chose uh, the Twin Cities as my last stop as a news director and thought that I wanted to get out within five years. And I chose that because my husband's from here and we wanted to raise our child near family. And um, that actually, that flashpoint of it's time mm -hmm. to leave happened two years, not five years. And it's because there had been a change in ownership. And I just knew that I wasn't a fit with the direction that they wanted to take the, the owned and operated group. And so what I did is I started looking while I still was a news director. I spent a year talking to 200 people in the Twin Cities. We had decided when we moved to the Twin Cities that I would get out of news eventually here. It was large enough city, a very creative community. I had a feeling I could probably transition, but I didn't know to what. So over the course of that year and 200 people later, I realized that um, a PR and ad agency really was going to be a great fit for me for many reasons. One is it was faster paced than say corporate and I was really fearful that um, I would be bored uh, not doing, you know, the adrenaline rush of everyday <laughs> right. news. Um, and so um, fortunately, the, the gentleman who ran that firm was known for hiring what was called non-traditional people, meaning people who had not done PR, studied PR, and had a number of years of, of PR under their belt. He had hired, um, for example, lawyers in the past. And so I was able to let him know what a news director did, because most people don't even know that right. there are news directors, and how my skills could translate into his firm. And he bought it, and he hired me. <laughs> and I was there for a decade. Um, I had a really good run there. Um, I moved up to the as far in seniority as I possibly could. I was one of six um, senior vice presidents or partners uh, there um, and ultimately left there to run a boutique firm before starting my own firm, uh, which is what I've done for nearly six years now. So um, I, I took those skills, made the transition, but it did take me a year and 200 people to figure it out. I find it very interesting that you were able to talk to those 200 people, and, and that's the part that we don't see on the outside, right? Like when, when, when big moves happen within an industry, you see just the headline of, you know, Minneapolis news director leaves job for corporate PR job. And that's just what people think, oh, I don't know, did she get like a, a LinkedIn post one day and just apply for it and it just happened? It, you know, the word methodical is the exact right word for people to understand about that process is that it was very specific. So I'm guessing you were maybe in your, in your 30s when this happened. Um, yes, I was. I was. I was. Um, I was 37, and um, I had always said that I likely would want to be out of news by 40 um, because I still wanted to have plenty of runway left um, to have a, a lengthy second career, if you will. 
And so at 37, I I was looking um, pretty significantly. And, you know, you just have to have no fear, Jenny, right? You yeah. just have to um, pick up the phone um, or email people, um, ask your network to make connections for you, and just have no fear and ask for 20 minutes just to understand and learn more about their businesses and why they love what they do. And through those conversations and, and that networking, you know, that's where the clarity comes. And really that's where the next job comes because um, you learn about jobs that maybe haven't been posted yet. You're able to get your resume handed um, personally to the hiring manager with an endorsement. I mean, that's really where the magic happens. Was that hard at all? You know, in the grand scheme of a career, 30s is young, but were you competing against men and women in their 20s, recent graduates, for the jobs that you were applying for? A great question. You know, I, I wasn't necessarily competing with recent graduates because I had quite a bit of experience sure. under my belt, but I, I will tell you that. Um, I had to convince people that I wasn't going to be, they knew that I had to step in and I had to learn a whole new career. So they were worried that I would have to come in, say, as middle, middle management, when really I had been an executive right. where I had been. And people were worried that I wouldn't be able to, to accept a middle management position. Sometimes you have to take a step back to take three steps forward. And I was willing to do that. But I actually had to convince some people that I was truly okay doing that. So what I was ending up having to do was really almost convince people that um, I was all right um, really stepping into a career, having to learn it, not pretending that I did understand everything there was about it, even though I knew a major part of it, which was media, um, and that I was gonna be all right with that. So. I would say I almost had to compete with myself a little uh, bit, <laughs> which yeah. was a dynamic, right? I, I was not prepared for that. So, so we've got done the part of explaining to the hiring manager or the executive or the, the person who's considering you. Now, what about the Maria part? What kind of mindset did you have to have in order to go from managing 88 plus people and being the person who does the hiring to being in that middle level and, and, and succeeding and not butting heads with people. Uh, it it was hard. I'm yeah, just going to tell imagine. you right now. Yeah. yeah, you have to set your ego to the side. You have to eat a lot of humble pie. And it's really a mind shift. You, you are making the change for a reason and a good reason. And you always have to remember your why. Why am I doing this? And it has to be so motivating that you are willing to set your ego at the door, roll up your sleeves, throw yourself into that job like you are going to university again, you're a student again. And you have to also just recognize you're not going to know all the answers. You are not the expert anymore. And you have to give yourself a lot of grace um, that it's okay not to be the expert. You're not expected to be the expert. But you also have to remember that you were hired for a reason and you can bring some immediate value to the position, really any position. So I, um, I was fortunate. Uh, the firm paired me with another woman who I just said, I'm gonna ask you a million questions. And I did. And bless 
bless her heart, she she hung in there and answered those for me. And I'm going to say it was about nine months into the job that I felt like I had my feet under me, that I felt like I could actually answer some of my clients' questions without feeling that I was a fraud or um, mm-hmm. putting up smoke and mirrors. So it, it is a longer um, length of time than you may imagine to make that switch. And you do have to switch your mindset and you have to become a student again and know that the expertise will come, but it's not going to be there immediately. Becoming a student in life is such a more joyous way to live too. Um, to be able to have the gift of knowing that you don't know everything and to, to pull from other people and ask other people questions and stuff. I, I can imagine that that continues to serve you well, um, you know, just approaching life and work in that, in that realm. So we, we know that you've done it yourself. We know that you've now made a career of helping people transition. So that's why I just, I look at you as a really good get for, for our population right now. I mean, we're talking about, unfortunately, 10 million people who are out of work, some of whom will look to get back into that same industry and some of whom will think, this is my time to maybe delve into another industry. So what's step one for somebody who is is out of work and has maybe put in their time in, in one type of business and wants to switch? Yeah, no, that's a great question. With everyone I work with, I say this is a really wonderful time to be making a career switch. And I know it sounds odd, right? Because there are 0.7 million people out of work. But there's no hiring manager today that's going to question a gap in your resume. They're not going to question why you took some time away from the job. You know, people have been downsized, outsized, and right-sized. So, and if you're looking to actually make that career switch from one industry into another, hiring managers are going to be understanding of that. I mean, retail, hospitality, travel, they're all suffering and they're going to lag and bouncing back. So a lot of people cannot afford to wait that out and they have to switch, say, 10, 15, 20 years in one industry into another industry. So now is a really good time. And the first step I tell people is sit down and think about all the jobs you've ever done and what did you love about those jobs? And then what did you not like about those jobs? Because if you can chart your own career, why don't you start at the point where you know what you loved and that's what you wanna do again. You wanna replicate that. Then I say sit down and after you've done that, start looking at the jobs that uh, where those are job responsibilities and start to match up your passions and your skills to job responsibilities. Then look at industries where those jobs are in demand. And um, there may be some industries that bubble up to the top and really start to look at the companies inside those interesting industries that are really interesting to you. You know, Jenny, we're at a really interesting time right now because you can live anywhere and work Mm -hmm. anywhere. You know, and hiring managers now are more apt to look beyond their geographical boundaries to candidates all over the country. And a lot of companies have agreed that they're just not going to bring their employees back into an office environment. And if they do, it may be even on a part-time basis. So you really do have the luxury of looking all over the United States at industries and companies. So, you know, I say start with what you love, what you think you're good at, then start to look at industries where those jobs are in demand 
and then look at companies that you admire that you would love to work for. And I think we also want to look at cultural fits within those companies. So what are their mission, vision, and values? What are your values? And see if you can't make a match there. And that's where I say to start. Yeah, yeah, great advice and, and and a good reminder too about perspective, just that it's not, it doesn't, for example, I'm in Dallas, your job wouldn't necessarily have to be in Dallas. My gosh, I just had a friend got a, syndic she got a syndicated radio job <laughs> in Nashville and she lives here. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never would have thought that, you know, in our industry that something like that would happen. So it's a good good reminder to broaden the perspective. Okay, we're, we're gonna take some free coaching advice from you, Maria, and, and sort of have you play coach for us right now. I know that you impress upon your, your clients and the people who work with you the importance of networking, um, but there's not a whole lot of in-person events. So what, what would you have a client do to network and to grow their network and get out there and get in front of people? Yes, so networking is the number one most critical thing. Number one, um, HR managers are going to be online, on social media, looking for candidates. So you need to be there. Um, LinkedIn right now is the number one place for networking. It's also one of the first places that hiring managers go to try to find candidates. And so what I say is spend some time on your LinkedIn. Make sure, A, that you're on LinkedIn. Number two, that your profile is really comprehensive and goes into some depth about what you do, uh, what you're good at, and the kind of impact that your work brings. It's not enough just to say, I did this job at a company, but what value did that work bring the company? What kind of bottom line sales, growth, engagement, other kind of metrics can you put into that LinkedIn? And then I say in the LinkedIn, make sure that you've got the keywords that are in the job responsibilities for those jobs I told you to go out and look for. Make sure those keywords are showing up in your LinkedIn because again, hiring managers are searching for those keywords. So you wanna be able to position yourself to be found but then that's not enough. You have to go out and make those connections. And to your original question, you wanna be really mining your LinkedIn. So look at who do you have within your LinkedIn group? And if you've not even started on LinkedIn, I recommend reaching out to past employers, past colleagues, friends, family, you know, maybe other parents that, you know, you're friends with through your kids' schools, start to make those connections. And then as you've honed in on the jobs that you wanna look for in the industries and the companies that are interesting to you, start to see who in your LinkedIn network are at those companies and start to connect with them and ask them for 20 minute conversations. It could be an interview like this, a meeting just, you know, where I see your face, or it could be a good old fashioned phone call. And when you're on the phone with them, let them know that you're looking for your next opportunity and explain specifically what you're looking for because they will help you keep your ears open and your eyes open for those jobs. And then, really important, ask them for two to three other people that they could connect you with that you can then speak to in the same manner. And before you know it, your network starts to grow and grow, but it's very strategic because you're looking specifically at those industries and companies where you wanna land. Um, any LinkedIn that has over 500 connections automatically rises higher in the search as well. So you really do wanna try 
to elevate the number of connections that you have. And you also want to ask for recommendations on your page. So start reaching out and asking people to just write a few nice words about you really helps. Well, and, and, and you say, okay, get specific. And I know some people can say, well, I don't really know. I'm kind of open to things. But it goes back to you guys, that first point that Maria made about really digging deep and being strategic about it and thinking, making that list of what have you loved, what have you not loved, so that when you're moving forward with these connection calls, that you can um, let them know your giftings and let them know what makes you special and unique and, and what you can maybe bring to the table and what you're willing to learn. So it really is it really is a specific process. Now, something else we have talked about that that I think that this would be really helpful for the audience is resume writing. Um, because sometimes, again, you've got this experience in one field. This show, this segment is second shot. We're giving people a second shot at their careers. Um, but you get to that point and think, well, would anyone think that that stuff was any good? Or did only those people think that those skills were good? So how do you position yourself to seem uh, valuable and attractive to somebody in a different industry via a resume yeah. or, or cover letter? Yes. Well, one, you want to understand the lingo of the job you want. And you want to strip out any uh, job specific lingo that you might have. So for example, when I work with journalists, there's just a shorthand that we use in a newsroom. And you know, most journalists don't even have a resume. Uh, <laughs> That's true, we just so, have a video. <laughs> we have a video, right? So um, I always say, just really take a look at the, the way you're describing. Number one, don't describe just the job that you had, the title that you had and where you worked, but what was the job that you did? What skills did it take to do that job? And you want to describe those skills. And then you want to make sure when you're describing them that you're utilizing those keywords that I talked about before in jobs that have been posted that resonate with you, that you're like, I love that job. I'd love to do that job. If there's any of those skills and those job responsibilities that you feel like, yep, I can do that, make sure that those skills are in the copy of your resume. So typically your resume uh, would have kind of a professional qualifications at the top. That's where you're summarizing the value that you bring, your years of experience, what your core skills are, your core talents, and the value that you would bring an employer. And that's also a place that you can customize for the job that you are submitting for. So you can actually even use the name of the job title on your resume. So let's say you wanted to go into corporate comms and there was a corporate comms manager job. Um, at the top of that resume, put corporate comms manager, put a paragraph describing what you've done with communications um, and the value that you would bring to the corporate comms manager job. If you've never been in the industry before, I also recommend what's called a skills-based resume. So instead of just listing the last five jobs that you had and the title and the years that you were there, instead start with the three to five core skills that you think you're best at and most hireable for and list the skills and a little paragraph of why you're so good at those skills followed by bullet points of examples of how you brought those skills to life over the course of your varied job. So it doesn't even have to be the last job you held. If you have a track record in communications, for example, you can pull 
from um, examples from the last two to three jobs and put them in there. So it is a different way of building a resume, but it's really keyword rich, which means that if you were to submit it to an Indeed or a Monster, that algorithm is going to scrape your resume and pick up on those keywords and help elevate it to the top of the, the big pile that they get. Oh, that's a great that's a great insider tip, you guys. That's very very helpful. So it, it's interesting too because yeah, I'm sure every industry that people work in who are listening to this or watching this are thinking, yeah, we have sort of those catchphrases that everybody in the business knows. But if you put it on a resume, the other business may not know what that is at all, even though your skills may be incredibly relevant to them and incredibly valuable to them. So it's almost like you have to show them how. Um, how your skills would apply. And then mm -hmm. I guess when you meet in person, is there any sort of, you know, say somebody gets to that, that, you know, they get booked the Zoom interview or something and, and they're asked about, okay, well, you you know, you never really worked in this business before. And and you've also been out of work for, for six months. Um, is there a way to position yourself in a more positive light? so that the hiring manager is open to taking a look at you further? Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, that's what I'm banking on, right? So I always say when you go into any kind of interview, number one, you've applied for the job for a reason, right? You feel like that you are qualified or at least somewhat qualified for that job. And you also know by this point what your skills are and, and how you want to take those skills into the next job, meaning you wanna do those skills in the next job. Um, so I always say go in with a elevator speech that is kind of the sell. And it sums up what you're good at, while, why those skills would be valuable for that particular employer and the value that you would bring. Then you wanna break out three to five key messages that you can use throughout the interview to remind that uh, hiring manager why you're great for that job. And those key messages, they're going to match up with the job responsibilities that were in the job description. So you really wanna sit down before the interview and make sure that you're customizing your answers to respond to the likely questions you're going to get about that particular job. Now, you might have some things that you've never done in that job, right? You've never done it before. And when you get the question, Jenny, you were asking me about, I always say, be transparent. Let them know you haven't done that job. You don't wanna lie your way of into course. a job. Yeah. It's the worst, but what people really wanna know is how do you think? So I always say to people, consider how you would tackle the job, even though you've never done it before, how would you go about A, getting smart about it, and then how would you think about how you might tackle the job? And then you can demonstrate your level of thinking, especially strategic thinking, which honestly is almost as important as having done the job. Um, if you can do three-fourths of the job in the job description, and the other fourth, you can explain mm -hmm. how you would go about it, uh, what you've done is you've let that person know that you're creative, curious, problem solver, proactive, you've given it some thought already. These are all things that I can't teach someone, but I wanna hire that in someone. So it actually can be a big win. Ooh, that's so good. Yeah, showing that curiosity. I like that, Maria. I really, really like that. I, before we go, I am curious to know what is, 
What does a career coach like you do? What is the relationship like when somebody is wanting to come to you? Um, what do you take that client through and, and how does it end up being worth it for them in the long run? Right. We start at the very beginning. So you remember one of the first questions you said <laughs> yes. to me, is, what was that first step? That's where we start. So we really start at the very basic, which is I get you to dream. I really get you to think, what do I love to do? What am I good at? And not only what you think you're good at, but what others think you, you're good at. I ask you to reach out to 10 people and ask about your superpowers because sometimes what you think you're good at, you may overlook what others really value in you. So we start there. And then from there, we start doing that matching I talked about. Matching up what you love, what you wanna do again, with the industry sectors and the companies in those sectors that are interesting to you. And then we work on your resume. We make that translation I talked about, taking out the lingo, translating to the next job. And we work on that resume. We work on a cover letter. You're armed with an elevator speech. You're armed with key messages. And we do mock interviews together. I play hiring manager and you play you. And we go through rounds of, of uh, interview questions to get you ready so that you really do know how to answer the questions before they're ever posed. And it's all truthful, it's all honest, and it's all really, really conceived to get you the job that you can excel at in an industry and in a, in a position that's going to kickstart a new career. Well, thank you for providing so much value for us. This has been incredibly enjoyable. I think everybody should go do that ask 10 people what they're good at, even if they're not looking for a job. What an interesting <laughs> form of self-discovery. Right, right, it can be very eye-opening and usually yeah. people are so generous and it's great for the confidence, I would say, especially now, if you're out of a job, you just might wanna build some confidence and that's a great way to do it. Maria, that is a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much for just sharing your, your personal story and, and what was challenging and what was great about it and also just these great nuggets of advice. Where can everybody find you if they would like to get in touch? Absolutely. You can go to my website, jumpteamcoaching.com, and you can reach out there. I have a form you can fill out, and I promise I'll get right back to you. Awesome. Maria, thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and thank you so much for the insight. Jenny, thanks for having me on, and good luck to everybody out there who's searching for the job. Hope uh, you get it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you guys, we will link up her website in the show notes. Also, uh, her team mentioned that if you mention Second Shot, she will give you the first hour of the phone call for free. So bonus points for that. You can find us at secondshotpodcast.com. And as always, we're on Thursday mornings on CW33. And so you can catch the Second Shot segments there. We'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.